Hi, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Two Black Nerds. In this episode, we talk to Transparent Collective members James Norman and Rohini Pandey. Transparent Collective is a nonprofit focused on helping underrepresented founders access the resource they need to create successful companies. We discuss the progress they've made so far, how they've structured their past events, and why they chose to do so, along with do's and don'ts of pitches. Uh, you can reach them on Twitter at TC Founders or their website, transparentcollective.com. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Black Nerds. My name is Romeo Quihangana, and my other host is... It's your boy, Hi Akachuku. Welcome back, y'all. And today, we have two members from Transparent Collective. So, I would love it if y'all introduced yourselves. Sure. So, my name is Rohini Pandey. I am one of the co-founders of Transparent Collective. Hello, I'm James Norman, and I'm one of the partners at Transparent Collective as well. Um, we're missing uh, Adrian Walker um, and Clayton Bryan. Um, they're kind of off in the world doing what we do in the world of startups. But <laughs> we're glad to be here representing today. Yes. And so I think I met, I met um, Rohini and Adrian. Uh, who was the third one? Clayton. And Clayton uh, yes. when I was in... Um, San Francisco, I attended a TechCrunch uh, conference, so I also had the had the chance to meet both of them at the 500 Startup office, and we kind of had like a good conversation about trying to make this happen, so I'm really glad that this episode is actually turning out to be a reality. Yeah, same here. We had a great conversation that day. Yeah, so quick question. So let's just jump right in, like Transparent Collective. Um, First, how did you how did you guys how do you guys all know each other in Transparent Collective? Um, so we um, kind of all met, I guess, through me. Um, this is James, and uh, essentially, me and Adrian were sitting around one day talking about some of the challenges we were facing as um, as minority founders and as early stage founders, um, and looking at what were, what solutions could we put in place to help other people not have some of the same challenges um, and also kind of pave a path for um, ourselves as well. And what happened was uh, we got together, came up with this idea around maybe just finding investors, educating educating um, high net worth individuals on high risk, high reward investing, um, especially in minority communities where people aren't reinvesting into this type of field. and mm-hmm we found that that was too much of a undertaking. Um, yeah. We didn't have enough time as founders. Um, so it's still in our roadmap, but what happened was uh, we spoke with a couple of uh, early stage VCs in Silicon Valley, and they were both like very impressed with the idea of what we were gonna do, but mm. kind of were like, well, let's start a little smaller. It's like, if you can put me in a room with a handful of qualified deals um, once a quarter, I'm gonna come. And that's when I realized, okay, cool. I mean, we have a network for that. We can pull the people out. 
So let's try it once a quarter, put these people in the room together and see what we can build that way. Can we use some of these companies fund it? Um, can we start building relationships with investors such that maybe we can get some access to capital to start investing and things of that nature? Um, so that's kind of how everything came together. And, and what happened was along the way, we realized we still needed more brain power. And, and me and Rohini have been working um, together on one of my startups. And so mm -hmm. it was a natural fit for me to like reach out to her about it because she's really like always gung-ho about getting a woman into tech. She's always working around all guys and probably pulling around her <laughs> hair. And so I was like, we need Rohini. And we, we went to Michigan together um, in engineering. And then um, Clayton, I met back in 2011 um, when I first came to the Bay. Oh. And then um, I got 500 startups earlier this year and he joined 500 as an operator. And we've always kind of had the same idea around helping underrepresented founders. And so I kind of pulled him in on it as well. And he's more the person who has the investment cap on. So, you know, he's always been looking at things from the investments at the table. So he brings that perspective to the team. Um, so that's kind of uh, how we all came together. Dope, dope. Okay. A quick side note. Um, two things that I want to touch on. So you mentioned that you're a founder and I guess the first question is what is, what are you working on right now? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, no, there's no stealth mode in, in our <laughs> world. <laughs> like, like first thing in transparent collective is transparency. Um, yeah. so, uh, I work on pilotly and we are an audience intelligence tool. So we allow professional video creators to, um, increase the value of their content through viewer feedback. So we'll do okay. like pilot TV show testing, trailer testing, advertisement testing. And um, we use, you know, artificial intelligence and, and a bunch of different algorithms to try and surface insights that allow people to make changes to their TV show or their advertisement or to determine where to distribute it and market it. Okay. So when we work with like NBC, Paramount, Ovation TV, New Form Digital, a bunch of people. Yeah. That's a sub. That's a sub. Let's see. And um, Rohini, what do you uh, what do you work on um, most of the day? Besides sure. Yeah, outside of Transparent Collective, uh, my full time position is actually with Square. Um, maybe some of your listeners know us as the point of sale swipe tool for uh, accepting credit cards and oh, shoot forget that i love square cash it's amazing oh, i wish people would leave venmo and use square cash because yes. it's way better it is <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> thank you for that i did not pay you to do that but thank you <laughs> um yeah and so i'm a product manager at square and my product unfortunately isn't square cash but it's square invoices um our our goal is to provide economic empowerment to uh, people that would not have access to financing or capital to start their business. And so with Square Invoicing, we are um, really focused on a different set of sellers that aren't at the like point of sale type of in, where the merchant and the buyer aren't in front of one another. They might be um, professional services like a con consultant or a contractor that might need to send you a bill later and you can pay online via credit card. So that's my full-time focus and Transparent Collective is the passionate focus. Okay. Transparent Collective, we kind of dropped 
with the name a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about it? Like, who is it? Who is the target audience? What does it just do? And what is the mission? Sure. Um, I guess I can, I can start it off. And then, James, if you have anything to add. Uh, so we're a nonprofit focused on helping black, Latino, and female founders, as James mentioned before, just access the resources they need to create successful companies. So uh, whether it's like connections to uh, investors or guidance uh, about how to find hacks into getting the resources you need, uh, we're really here to help um, connect seasoned founders or investors with the next generation of underrepresented founders. Yeah, um, I think that's a good good outline. and in, in achieving that mission, like we ended up making just a couple of our goals, um, ed- build, having education tools, um, really teach people the pitch mechanics around um, how, how to get access to capital. So knowing how your deck should look, what your story flow should be like, what metrics you need to actually have to achieve the goal you're looking to achieve to get to the next stage. Um, all too often we see people trying to say, I'm trying to raise a series A, but they don't even have the metrics to even get a seed round. Um, so allowing people to understand what those things are and then also creating an environment where people can be comfortable, uh, failing amongst like-minded individuals and, um, and, and be, and then be comfortable, um, we're celebrating each other's success. So, um, kind of creating this, we use the showcase environment is our first tool to really bring people into one room, um, have them build lifelong connections, hopefully, and, and support each other in the, in the achievement of their dreams. Yeah, exactly. I think one thing to add on top of that is we're, we're not really like a competition or our events aren't set up like a shark tank, uh, so to speak. It's yeah. the collective is about, you know, people bringing people together to help pay it forward to the next batch of remarkable founders. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Like, you know, our, our founders know that and they, they tend to find people they know within their network to shoot, shoot our way. Um, it is not an accelerator. It's not something that costs the founder money. You know, we raise money to help pay people's way to get out to Silicon Valley and get access to what we're talking about. So from from the time you had the idea of what of trying to help um, people, like where the ideation came from into the time where you had your first event, how long before that was it? So before like... Transparent Collective had its first event to um, the time that you thought about uh, what Transparent Collective would look like. How long did that take? Um, took a long time. Took, I'd say, eight months. Okay. Um, you know, it took a while to articulate the mission properly, decide what the proper, uh, you know, again, we started out on the investor side, right? So it yeah. took us a few months to even figure out like that was not something that we were going to be able to achieve on a regular basis with the time we had allotted from our personal, you know, our other ventures and, and things we were doing. So it took a little while to discover a product market fit per se for <laughs> what we could do to actually make something happen in the market. Yeah, and I think it also took some time because we were there's so many, um, I guess there's so many areas to attack the problem of having diversity in entrepreneurship and tech in Silicon Valley. And so you have 
um, that many options of like how you want to create a solution for it. And so going through the iterations um, within the team, of what, what do we want to focus on? Where do we, want, where do we see the biggest impact um, from what we can bring to the table? Mm-hmm. That's a sub. That's a sub. Um, so, do y'all have any partnerships with like other um, initiatives in the Bay Area? Maybe like um, BlackFounders.com or Code Twenty Forties, like um, Entrepreneur in Residence program. Like, what's the deal with like between um, Transparent Collective and these other initiatives as well? Um, so we do have like I have, you know we have personal relationships with a lot of people who are involved in these other programs. Um, and, uh, so we point people to those resources. So a lot of those other programs are meant for people who aren't necessarily at the stage that we're looking to support our founders at. So oftentimes when we find someone who, um, is maybe they have a product in mind or they're trying to figure out co-founder or, you know, they're trying to figure out different components that they're going to need to, to allow us to help them get to the next stage. Then we point them to those resources, whether it's Tech Inclusion, Code 2040, or other organizations that of that nature. I guess so. One one of the things that then that I'm gonna ask uh, additionally would be, what what kind of company at what stage specifically um, does the company want to come to Transparent Collective to seek help at? Like at what point? Let's say I have a product. At what point should I come and essentially say, hey? Um, I think I would benefit from your help. We look for people who have a product in hand and ideally some um, customer customer market proof. So someone's used the product, uh, they've enjoyed it. And I, you know, in the ideal world, revenue. But really, you need to have a product with some customer market customer proof. Okay. Um, and so I guess like, would the the difference between um, Transparent Collective, let's say, versus Black Founders versus Code 2040, would it be that um, you guys are currently just focused on getting investors or um, is it investors then afterwards or is it pre-investors as well? I mean, we're really looking at like the earlier stages. And so um, companies that are already at the scale phase or growth phase are probably too, uh, too mature for us, but they would fit some other um, initiatives and, and programs. Um, but what we're looking at is like, really what we want to do is try to help with that first step. Um, how do you get from having a company, uh, having a solution to a problem, and you just need to get more um, connections into investment in order to scale, um, or having an idea of how do you get some free servers in order to make sure you're always um, online as a product. Very early stage types of problems that have solutions and things that we've all as previous founders have already gone through and where we can like guide and um, help. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of passing of, you know, experience of what we've been through. So it's kind of like, um, you know, most people's problems does revolve around having capital, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like they just need more customers. Like they're thinking about it as I need to raise money, but then in reality, you know, looking at what they have in hand, maybe it's just smarter to plug them in with customers to get more revenue, mm-hmm. which will inherently lead to the opportunity to raise money. So, um, you know, we've, uh, 
we we deal with founders from like I said from having just a product and and being ready to being ready to move and having like a small amount of customer traction to people who have twelve months of continuous customer traction with growth. But even at that stage, even if your company makes some money, get raising capital is, is also about understanding what your long term vision is. So you can make twenty thousand dollars a month, but if you don't know how you're gonna get to a billion dollars, um, then no one no one cares. Like that's a nice small business, and we're glad you're making money. That's what they'll say. <laughs> yeah, that's the set. That's the set. Um, so I guess so. After essentially the eight months of uh, ideation and kind of like iterating within within the team, you come to the point where you when you said, "Okay, uh, I think this is time for us to kind of like hold uh, our first your first event, which kind of happened in the summer." Can you? Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what's the format? How many participants do you have? And, like, where are the companies? Uh, where did they come from? Sure. Yeah. Um, we, we were really blown away by the first event, to be honest. It was um, a huge success. It was something that we had been debating about and trying to figure out what the right format was. Um, like, we, like we mentioned, we were really we were like, do we create some sort of competition where somebody gets some money at the end? And as we thought about our mission of Transparent Collective, it didn't fit. Um, so that collective was was a piece that we think is going to help bring more people into the alumni network and help more founders and upward, underrepresented uh, founders just grow into something even bigger than any individual person. Uh, so with the first event, we had a mentoring session the night before. We actually flew... I think the majority of our um, startups into San Francisco um, and put them up at a hotel for a couple nights. And that first night, we actually had a dinner and um, mentoring sessions to go over their pitches and their slides and really kind of refine what their story was about their startup. So if you were pitching um, an investor the next morning, which they were, uh, what, what were the slides that really kind of hit to your story and give it in a succinct way, just kind of explaining the business and the problem statement, the solution, your metrics, uh, just really getting somebody more interested in finding out everything about your uh, traction and uh, company overall. So we did that the night before, had uh, some amazing mentors join us and really kind of um, just get into the, the crux of what everyone was trying to do with their pitches and not make it too flowery, just get to the, to the core of what it is. Because most of these investors see 100 pitches a day and they really need, you need to be able to stand out with something that's very focused. Um, and then we had, the next day we had an all-day session with eight amazing companies um, that were pitching. 11 investors showed up. I think we had almost 100 attendees overall. And from that, we had every, every startup pitched about, I think it was a three-minute pitch. Um, and then we had a, a panel presentation for lunch as well with some amazing folks that are really trying to help foster diversity in tech and in entrepreneurship. Um, and then at the end of it, we found out that uh, seven out of our eight founders landed multiple investor meetings as a result of attending the startup showcase. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a three-minute pitch, it was pretty focused as well. Exactly. And we're, we're I mean, we're, I guess we're trying to help both sides of the table, right? Like, we want to make sure our 
founders have the best pitch possible going into something like this, but then we also are bringing in investors that we think will actually be relevant to their businesses. And so we want to make this um, two-sided marketplace work. Oh, okay. Uh, so I guess Very like, nice. do the startups kind of like send you, I guess like, you know, from the solution that the startup is trying to solve, which investor kind of works in that area. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And we're working with the startups um, even before like the, the actual event. Um, we get their pitch decks. We get more information about them. We're on calls with them. We're uh, mentoring them on our own. And then we bring them in to get even more dedicated time to get, getting up on stage is a lot different than talking about your business over the phone with someone. And so making sure the nerves are out of their system, making sure they can handle all of the tough questions that come at them. I guess so like just as a, as a general uh, pointer out there to any like startup kind of listening or anyone who has a thought of uh, kind of like having a deck ready for an investor, what would be your, your number one uh, either to do or not to do uh, in a pitch deck? <laughs> um, I would say number one not to do is write paragraphs on your deck. If you have any paragraphs, you delete your deck. Dang. Why so? Like, uh, do you then, and how, what do you think is the optimal length of uh, wording on a pitch deck? Like, is it like 80 characters, 140 characters? Like, how much do people uh, need to really write? <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's hard to say, but I can say, like, it's all about giving people images because people are very visual in general, especially investors. Um, so giving them images that represent, you know, hundred words is better than writing 50 words. Um, so mm -hmm. be able to articulate what you're saying quickly with an image and a bullet point is what you're going for. And also understanding that, um, it's good to have a version of your deck that you can email out to people, but to be honest with you, that's not going to happen a lot. Like if you're gonna have a conversation with someone, you usually got an intro and you're going to meet them in person. And so, like, mm -hmm. if you share that deck with them ahead of time, you're going to also explain that to them when you see them. So, you, you, I don't have a version of my deck that you can literally just read without me being there. That's the point of it. If you're interested in what you're seeing, you have questions about it, the point is to bring me in. Like, the one thing you have to realize is the point of the deck is to get a meeting. Yeah. And the point, and, the, and yeah, and then... After you talk about that that first initial deck you gave them, the point of that is to get a second meeting. So the point yeah. of that deck is not to get money because you're not going to get it. It's not a thing. Like one in a million people walk in a room with a deck and get money is not because they got the deck. So, mm -hmm. you know, the point is to get the next meeting. You need to meet these people two or three times before they're going to write you a check. So just keep that in mind. I guess you can say it's like a resume, just like you get the interview, but you can't get the job directly from it. Exactly. That's like, imagine getting a job. Imagine you walk in a square, they interviewed, and you're like, that was awesome. All right, cool, you got the job. That does not happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that I um, have seen before that I really hesitate, um, I'm going to try to frame it in the right way, but please don't do this to any of your listeners uh, hearing this, is... Um, having the, a slide with the total addressable market that you're trying to solve for and saying, we'll definitely get all of this. That entire pie will be ours. We're just going to dominate. And yeah. this is like definitely aging me. But uh, when I was in Chicago uh, pitching to investors, it always, I saw slides that were like, 
all we need to do is get on Oprah's favorite things and we're going to just, we're going to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the investors would laugh about that. So please, to any of your listeners, don't do that. (laughs) Don't trip up on something like that. Just say, we'll go viral and it'll be done. Yeah, it doesn't really work like that. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) Word, word. It'd be interesting. I just wish we could see some like Uber's pitch decks, right? Because you no, know, you have companies like Uber, Lyft, etc. Mm-hmm. Like the slice of the market. Like I wonder, I want to see how they actually break down how big the market is and what slice they're trying to conquer. Because the slice is big enough for the both of them and for other smaller competitors as well. But yeah. that's interesting. Like yeah. I guess people should stop being optim like so optimistic or so so like unrealistic. Exactly. But also just make the pitch decks more engaging in another way, shape, or form. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's a, a caveat not to be super aggressive or um, way too conservative too. Because if your pitch deck doesn't show something that an investor, uh, like an institutional investor, would want to be a part of, then they're not going to be interested on that end of the spectrum. And then the other side is like saying you're going to just dominate everything day one makes no sense and no one believes it. Um, but there are um, like pretty cool pitch decks that are out there on like SlideShare and things like that. The one that um, I've definitely forwarded to a few folks is I think it was Airbnb's first pitch deck, which had it's just an interesting view of um, you know how, what the story was when they very when they started versus what Airbnb is now. Um, and so it's it's good to just see those companies and see the growth and how the storytelling of that company changes. Um, and all you need to focus on as a a startup founder is that first step you'll grow into the rest of it but worry about how to get to step two um i would say one more thing um if you don't have a story then like you have to have some immense amount of traction to convince anybody to give you money so it's really all about storytelling i think a lot of people like look at a deck as a drawn out business plan or something and it's mm-hmm. not a business plan it's a story mm-hmm. so and the story happens to be around this problem that you discover and the solution you've built and how big you discover the opportunity is and, you know, how you found great people who want to chase the opportunity with you. Like that. you're building a story there. Um, it's not like an outline of these exact metrics that you think are going to take place. Nice. Absolutely. Very nice. Very nice. Um, let's see here. So like, like moving on. So apparently y'all, y'all had a showcase at Afrotech, which for the listeners was Bla- was the Blavity's first tech conference in the Bay Area for um, black folks in tech. Um, how many participants did you really have um, come to your showcase and where were these companies in the event from? Um, so in this case, um, this was kind of like, a I don't know an addendum to our schedule per se. Um, I was sitting down uh, with Morgan and she was telling me she wanted to really showcase some startups. I was like, hey, we can probably help out with that. So you know, she was great, you know, gracious enough to have us involved, and uh, we brought out um, Quelly TV from DC and Beauty Link from Boston, um, two Black women founders, um, and uh, and we brought out two founders who had made significant progress since our first event, um, just kind of show both ends of the spectrum, like of what TC is all about. Um, so it was a combination of getting a couple, couple early people exposure who are going to be involved in our program next year um, and showing them what, what happens with these founders after they've gone through the program. Um, as there were a lot of people in that audience that could potentially be part of the collective. So, I mean, the audience is pretty big. The audience is probably still 80 to 100 people. 
for the showcase. Um, and the, the feedback was great. And the, the conference overall was awesome. So, I mean, I'm guessing you didn't go, but you should definitely be there next year. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it was a conflict with uh, midterms. So I couldn't, I was planning on trying to be there. Uh, but there was confidence in terms I couldn't make it. Tell, 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 your, tell your professors for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let them know for sure. So just a side note on like uh, geography-wise. So where where are these uh, companies coming from? Like I'm guessing they're not all from SF, right? No, we've actually tried to make it kind of a focus area to find um, – because there's amazing uh, entrepreneurs all over the world. They, they're not all in the Bay Area. Uh, and so our focus for Transparent Collective is to start with the U.S. And so we, I mean, at our first event and um, with the Afrotech event, we've had founders and companies from Houston, Austin, D.C., Detroit, Brooklyn, um, North Carolina, probably some other places I can't think of right now. Nice. Um, so we're trying to pull... Uh, some businesses that we think are very solid startups uh, and introduce them to either the capital or resources or just connections that Silicon Valley has to offer. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, so now that I guess you kind of have, you have like a main event plus this addendum under your belt uh, <laughs> have happened, right? And I guess yep. my question to you is like, so are there things based on like how the event went and kind of like either feedback from the attendees or from the investor attendees or you yourself kind of like being there and experiencing it? Are there things that you're, you're thinking that you're going to keep or change or is it just like everything is like, you know, what, what has like, what have you seen worked and what have you seen not work and how's that going to change in the future? Yeah. I mean, I think we've, seen i mean it's one of those things where like everything's just been working so it's like oh wow this format works we we tweak it a little bit like i like the idea of having people here in the morning for the next day so they can relax get comfortable have some lunch do a pitch prep early in the afternoon and they actually have eight hours to make a lot of changes opposed to being up all night and getting up and pitching the next morning Uh um but we're pretty pleased with our pitch intensive and the way we've been able to improve people's stories to help them, you know, connect with people in general, whether they're investors or just normal consumers. Um, Cause you know, it's important to not only be able to tell your story to an investor, but to anybody, like the more people you can tell your story, the more opportunity you have to like expand your network. Um, so that's the thing. And then having video chats with people leading up to the um, event, kind of getting them prepared where we see weak points. So we don't have to waste too much time when they show up in person because every minute is so valuable. They're usually only here for 48 to, you know, 60 hours. Um, and then, but challenge, challenges wise, um, we've had a real challenge finding uh, Latino founders. So we definitely are looking for more ways to get in touch there. Um, and then also like, we want to start building out some perks and some tools for our alumni to stay in touch so they can support each other better. We've been trying to do as good as we can, but we really need to create a platform that allows, it's like a conduit for everybody to remain in touch and to put questions out there that we can answer as we have time. <laughs> um, so after this, so like the year is coming to an end, right? Um, and based on like the feedback that I've gotten, so that's those changes probably like are things that you're trying to incorporate into your next event next year. 
I guess like this is where I'm trying to be like a journalist and say like, so when's next year? Like what's happening next year? Uh, what's going? What can I expect? Um, as like a spectator to the Transparent Collective evolution per se. <laughs> sure. Um, hopefully bigger and better things. Uh, our focus is, is primarily the same for next year since mm -hmm. we're really just starting to kick things off. We've had two events so far. Um, we really want to make sure we, we're continuing to focus in finding amazing companies, uh, mentoring them, connecting them to investors, capital resources, um, and then adding more names to the collective so that the group can help one another out. Um, I think for early next year, what we're uh, working towards right now, um, what we're busy with, hopefully before the holidays end, is um, really having a better sense of our third event, uh, which will happen sometime, um, we're, we're looking at sometime in February right now. And so we'd like to have another startup showcase, fly out another eight, six to eight companies, somewhere around there, Um, and then bring in even more investors, bring in more attendees, and uh, just continue to build what we've started. Yeah, and um, I think we're also going to continue to um, expand our partnerships. Uh, Wilson Sensini um, and IBM Entrepreneur have been great supporters of what we're doing and helping us bring the founders out. So mm -hmm. um, we're hoping they'll continue to help us on a, on a bigger scale next year. And um, We'll be able to get a couple more partners in so we can continue to expand our efforts beyond just the showcase. All right. Um, I guess, you know, any other question that uh, you'd like to ask? Uh, yeah. So, and so are y'all trying to expand like maybe the East Coast to try and bring some events out here? You know, because I'm in New York City. I'd love to attend one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. We we should take this. Show Wait, on the road. Yeah, yeah, like whoa, yeah. Maybe we should go like outside the Bay Area. <laughs> Wait, but it's so sunny out in California, and it's snowy. So, <laughs> and it's a, in a drought, you know. So over there, but yeah. Come on over to the East Coast. We got we got we got we got fintech here and all that and fashion tech. Yeah, that's true. You guys have the snow too. So well, if we do something, yeah. it'll have to be in the summer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dope, dope. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, we we will be um, you know, we we will eventually get to some other cities in conjunction with um, organizations that are strong in those in those regions. So, you know, definitely Detroit, probably New York, you know, definitely DC. We'll, we'll make it to those markets eventually. Absolutely. And dope. I'm really looking forward um to next year's event. Uh, if I'm if I'm available, I'm I'd be more than happy to kind of like get away from the snow that people are talking about. <laughs> and that would so be I fantastic. Guess, We'd love to have you both. Yeah, yeah I'll I'll drag you high with me. I'll convince. Perfect. You Good. <laughs> um, I guess on that note, let's say so. If people wanna, if people wanna get, if people hear this episode, they want to get in touch with you. Uh, how should they do that? How do they get a hold of a Transparent Collective? Sure. This is where we get to uh, plug the the ways of contact. Um, Absolutely. Fantastic. So we have a website, transparentcollective.com, all one word. Uh, we also have a Twitter handle. It's at TC Founders. And um, if any of your listeners have names of startups or entrepreneurs or other partners um, and support uh 
folks that you think we should be talking to or considering, just email us at partners at transparentcollective.com. Awesome. And I guess on that note, this has been another episode of Two Black Nerds. I want to personally thank James and Rohini for being on the podcast. And um, thank you. My, if you want to reach me, I'm at Queeromeo on Twitter. That's K W I R O M E O N E I. You can find me at Kuchu. That's K W U C H U. This has been another episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you all for tuning in. And before I forget, you can also email us at hello at twoblacknerds.com or DM us at Twitter at Two Black Nerds. Thank you. Thanks to y'all for listening once again. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Yeah,